and welcome to the Kick-Ass Life Project. I'm Kate, your Kick-Ass Life Enabler, and my mission is to help you feel sassy, sexy, and strong, so deep in your core that life can't break it and your mind can't shake it. This is the Fuck It episode, part one, spelled F-U-K. And I'm going to reveal why I use that word everywhere and how it relates to trauma-informed fitness. And if you are thinking, what the fuck is trauma-informed fitness, stay curious and let's dive in. F-U-K, you'll hear me say this a fair bit. You'll see it on my website. Life is messy. Fitness is hard. Cupcakes taste better than kale. Fuck it. Let's have fun anyway. You might have also heard me say I help women learn to love their body and their life at the same fucking time. F-U-K is my way of giving the finger to abuse. There's a bit more to that story, and I want to make sure I circle back before we're done, but first I do want to give a warning here. I'm going to be speaking about some of the effects of trauma and abuse on our brain and body, and specifically how that can impact our ability to do fitness, and how fitness can help heal, if done right. So there will be trauma-informed tidbits that hopefully will be truly enlightening for understanding your body, and I hope to be able to guide you with some insights for how to manage what we're learning about. But if at any point you feel like this might be triggering for you, please feel free to stop, pause, regulate, and also remember this podcast is not a replacement for professional help. So while I may offer suggestions on ways you can help yourself, If you need direct intervention, please reach out to your local emergency services, women's shelters, or professional mental health providers. So as I said, this is a part or a two-part episode because I've tried. (laughs) This is the fourth recording. I can't get it all into one 30-minute episode. And it's heavy stuff. So I've included some regulation tips at the end, and I kind of recommend taking a bit of time between part one and part two if you feel that you need that time to digest and process some of the things we're talking about. So I'm going to dive right in with a vulnerable moment. I've experienced sexual, physical, verbal, and emotional abuse. I'm kind of invested in helping other women recognize it, get out of it, and love themselves despite it. Listening to my body helped me to survive and taught me how to get stronger. F-U-K reminds me of how far I've come. Because you see, one of my abusive experiences was with narcissistic abuse, and it came from someone with a name starting with K. So F-U-K is literally what it sounds like. In this episode of the Kick-Ass Life Project, I want to share the fitness methodology I've used literally most of my life to build confidence and respect with my body and how that translated into every aspect of my life. Plus, I am super excited about some of the things we are learning as a culture as a society in the world about the role fitness can play in trauma and abuse recovery. But not just any fitness, trauma-informed fitness. And if you're thinking, what 
the fuck is that? And why would fitness need to be different if you're dealing with trauma? Great questions. Let's chat about it. When people experience abuse, there are physiological changes that take place inside the brain and lasting effects on the nervous system. Our nervous system is really interesting, and I'm going to do a whole episode on that. So those of you keeping tabs on me and keeping me accountable, it'll be an episode or two on polyvagal theory. But today, I want to put more of a focus on our brains and how they help us survive. And yeah, I know that might sound weird, especially if you're feeling like my brain is actually a really unfriendly place, which wouldn't be uncommon. Obviously, this is a complex topic, and I'm nutshelling it here, but there's three main things I want to share. Number one, there is a part of our brain that basically only cares about whether or not we stay physically alive. And when it thinks it's needed, it can hijack our entire brain. And evolutionarily and biologically, it has full permission to do this. We've been biologically designed this way on purpose. So if a lion chases you, your instincts kick in to help you survive. And however that might be, it helps you survive. You don't have to think about it. You react. This part of your brain also, it doesn't give a shit about your mental health. (laughs) Because like, think about this. If you're underwater, you're not getting air. Your mental health doesn't matter in that moment, right? Getting air matters. So this part of your brain, it hijacks your brain, it takes over, it works instinctually, and we can deal with the mental health later, is is sort of the, <laughs> the process there. And I know that obviously can cause some problems for us. So number two, and I, I, I will be addressing that, but number two, trauma and abuse make physiological changes to our brain. Now, I know I probably already said that even in this episode, but it's kind of important. Emotional hurt can cause physical damage. And I want to kind of just make a note here that every time I say these things can happen, I am speaking about things that are fairly common reactions to trauma and abuse. So um, it might not be the case for you, but there's a high chance it is affecting you somehow. But I just wanted to acknowledge it's not going to, everything I say isn't going to affect everyone. The third thing that's important to know we can learn to survive and have kick ass mental health at the same fucking time. And, and this is really important if you're sort of listening to this and starting to freak out a little, we can heal the physiological changes to our brain. It's called neuroplasticity we can change our brains. So if they have been changed one way, it is possible to change them back. And what's even cooler, what is like stunningly awesome, we can heal that emotional hurt with physical movement. Awesome, right? And this is obviously where fitness can play a role and did for me. So I am beyond thrilled to say that there is actual official research being conducted right now on the effects of strength training to help treat the symptoms of abuse and trauma. And like this is brand new. So make sure you stay connected with me so that 
as, as I get this information, I will be sharing it with the world, obviously. So we, we already have research showing that strength training can make physical changes to our brain patterns, to our confidence. We have some studies on rats even that show memory improvements with strength training. We have studies with women showing over and over that perceptions of self-esteem and self-efficacy skyrocket with strength training. We already know a lot of this stuff happens. What this research is doing is really digging into the why, the understanding behind it, and getting that scientific evidence to back it because that makes a big difference, especially in the mental health world. They're always, they always want evidence. So that is being done right now. There is something about building up your body, feeling it physically get stronger, that allows our brains to become stronger as well. But while exercise can be fabulous for mental health, and usually is, the way traditional fitness programs are set up doesn't necessarily support that, especially if you are in a female body, and especially if you've experienced trauma or abuse. So what I'm going to talk about today is evidence-based knowledge. It's evidence-based from the fitness world, evidence-based from the counseling world, with a sprinkling of my own personal experience with fitness and healing. You are truly a fluid, complex, beautiful being, and your mind, body, and spirit are so much more connected than you could possibly imagine. So let's get into this. <sighs> That whole part about surviving, then dealing with the mental health that happens. <laughs> I remember I said I was going to come back to that. So <laughs> I'm actually going to delve into that a little bit more in another podcast, in that polyvagal one. But I want you to take a moment here and just give yourself credit that you have survived. Whatever you did, it worked. If you are listening to this podcast, you have survived whatever it was that came your way, and you are taking steps towards improving your mental health. Celebrate that. Celebrate you. That is no minor thing. The next two parts that I talked about, the physiological changes that happen in our brain and our nervous system, plus the healing of it, those require a bit of understanding. And as I get into this, you're going to see why I couldn't do this all in one 30-minute episode. So trauma-informed tidbits. Um, in, in my first episode, I mentioned that I was going to talk about trauma-informed tidbits and that I have them all throughout my journeys and things. They are just little snippets of understanding about the ways trauma and abuse can affect us. So trauma-informed tidbit, the changes that happen as a result of trauma or abuse are coping strategies. They're designed to protect us. And one of the coping strategies that our body and brain might employ is to disassociate from emotional and physical pain, to literally ignore the signals, the messages, the thoughts, and the emotions so that we don't feel them or we don't feel them as deeply. It's a protective measure. It usually comes if we can't fight or flight and we can't avoid it, we dissociate from it. And then in steps a traditional fitness practice where we are told to push through the pain, 
we are told to follow the scheduled program, to eat that food at this time if we want to succeed, which very often in, a, in our minds feels like surviving, right? And remember, these are fitness and nutrition programs that like right out of the gate, they're based on a man's body. <laughs> and if, if you're unsure about that, I'm not going to get into that right now. Listen to the previous episodes on the gender data gap. But I want to take a minute to sort of just acknowledge how uncanny, how how uncanny it is that those those two messages, right, from abuse and trauma, that, that coping strategy and the traditional fitness, how similar those two messages are. Ignore what's actually going on and force your body to do what someone else is telling you it should do. Now, this isn't great for any human, trauma, abuse, or not, but it is especially damaging to someone who has already learned to stop listening to themselves. It certainly doesn't help heal or get stronger. It only reinforces the negative after effects of experiencing abuse or trauma, and it keeps our brains stuck in that mentality. Now, if you have any experience with abuse and trauma, I, I know you're seeing the correlations here. So what do we do? Listen to your body. And oh my fucking God, don't you hate it when people say shit like that? Because what does that even mean? And how? Like, oh my God, how do you do that, right? Another trauma-informed tidbit. There is a part of your brain, there's all sorts of parts of your brain. <laughs> there is a part of your brain called the insula. So again, I'm talking about an actual physical structure in your brain called the insula. And this part of your brain is responsible for allowing you to feel into your body. Hunger cues, fullness cues, tired cues, achy cues. Without an insula, we would just feel like disembodied heads floating around the world. We would feel totally unconnected to our body. And how hard is it to trust something that you can't read or feel, right? Now, would it surprise you to know that trauma and abuse can shrink your insula? If it feels hard for you to feel into your body, maybe that's giving you some insight right now. If you haven't experienced trauma or abuse, but you feel like, yeah, this is still an issue for me, well, I would ask you to consider what happens to any part of your body that you don't use. And again, I come back to the way that traditional fitness and diet culture are set up and how you have lived most of your life with the social conditioning that listening to your body isn't the goal. Following the routine and the diet is. And you have actively participated in ignoring your body's cues. And I'm not saying this is nothing to beat yourself up over. When we know better, we can do better, but it's also literally, not only were you taught to do this, you've also never been taught how to listen to your body in the first place, like how we actually do that. So can I go so far as to say that traditional fitness and diet culture have elements of abusive behavior in them, that trying to follow them may actually re-victimize people? I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. If that statement's taking it too far, do you think? Or, or are you seeing these correlations and thinking, oh my gosh. Anyway, the goal of listening to our body 
requires an active and online insula. So if our insula has shrunk, and again, yes, it's a physical thing, it can shrink, I cannot stress enough, emotional hurt causes physical damage. Or even if we feel like our insula is okay, but, but we want to optimize it, there are ways to do that. Now I am giving you one way, a fitnessy way. Anything that I say or suggest ever is probably only one of many options. Okay, so I, I want to stress that too. So one way we can do that, the fitnessy way, is a breathing meditation that involves placing your hands on your body. This can literally help rebuild your insula. And if you're thinking, well, that's not really a fitnessy way, um, a, <laughs> I want you to to just be aware of how much traditional fitness has conditioned us that rests are not part of fitness, that the stillness, the relaxation is not progress, is not making us fit. And I would argue that it is probably another podcast. Anyway, um, yoga plays a huge role in something like this or can play a huge role in something like this. And that's why you'll very often see um, trauma-informed yoga practices. It, it can play a huge role in trauma healing and partly for this reason of the insula. There's also other reasons. But you can start making a difference with just these breathing meditations with just 30 seconds a day of placing your hand on your chest and feel your breath coming in and out of your body. That external connection of touch with the breath inside your body is you practicing feeling into your body. Now, does that sound overly simple? Great. That's where to start. Listen to my very first podcast episode for the importance of 30-second starter steps. And I'm also going to put a link below here to a breathing technique that I call 3D breathing. It's a four-minute guided video on YouTube. And if you're ready to tweak up the 30-second just breathing with yourself a notch, go ahead and listen to that. I'll put a link there below. There is so much that I could go into here, and I am sure I will. I'm going to do part two and many more because there's so many tangents here. And I'm really trying, like I said, this is my fourth take of this, trying not to squirrel detour and make all this make sense for you. But if this is resonating and you and you want more, leave a review, like, follow, connect with me on the socials, whatever it is. Let me know somehow that, yes, this is interesting and I want to know more. Okay, so I mentioned yoga, which means I also want to add this trauma-informed tidbit, this T-I-T. <laughs> I didn't realize this when I, when I came up with the term trauma-informed tidbit. It anagrams itself to TIT, T-I-T. I didn't realize that at the time, but I think it's kind of funny now. Anyway, so this is just a little bit more insight as to why traditional fitness might not work right out of the box for someone who's recovering from trauma or abuse. And when I say right out of the box, I guess I, I mean that you can take any traditional fitness program that you've got and you can change it up. You can tweak it to make it fit what you need. But understanding what you need obviously is a huge part of that. Okay, so as, as um, part of that whole, our nervous system can become dysregulated after trauma or abuse. 
relaxation might feel unsafe in our body. And that doesn't always play out with this like obvious, ooh, I feel unsafe. It could play out like feelings of just being really fidgety when you try to sit and relax and be still, or your mind just being so busy and going into overload or just that. I have no time. I have no time. And obviously this would make us avoid meditation, breathing practices, taking those rest moments, which means the insula stays dysregulated unless we're doing something else to help it. So it, it's a really vicious cycle, right? And again, I'll go more into that in my polyvagal episodes. Bottom line is that trying to relax with deep breaths might not be so simple. Lying on your back with your eyes closed in a group yoga class and then trying to feel relaxed might not be so simple if you've experienced trauma or abuse. These things might actually cause anxiety, like just the breathing to relax could cause anxiety. And I know that might sound odd, but it's not an uncommon side effect of trauma and abuse. And I really don't hear it talked about acknowledging this fact that we're telling people, take those deep breaths, relax, and then not acknowledging to them that potentially this feels, that it doesn't feel good in your body. It makes you feel anxious. I've literally had people tell me that, and like with so much shame, ask what is wrong with them because when they go into fitness classes or or just conferences even, and everyone's saying, take a deep breath, and everyone seems so relaxed, and they tell me I'm faking it because those deep breaths, that relaxation feels scary, right? So I want you to know if this is the case for you, you are not alone, and you are not broken. Your beautiful body and mind, as misguided as it may seem, Basically, what they're doing is they are still doing their best to protect you, but we can work with them to heal. So I talk a little bit about this um, anxiety with the, the relaxation in my free Sassy Sexy Strong journey. I'll put a link below. The simple thing I can say for overcoming this aversion to relaxation is to titrate in, which is just a fancy counseling term, meaning tiny, tiny exposures to it and then checking in to make sure you're still surviving. It's no accident that I talk about 30 step, second steps all the time. And to be fair, 30 seconds might be too much in the beginning. So get curious and find out what is tolerable for you. It's also worth noting that the opposite might be true, that a racing heart, blood pounding through our heart when we do more intense exercise could also cause anxiety. Are you starting to see why just a traditional fitness plan may not fit so neatly into a trauma-informed fitness arena? Why it is so exciting that these studies are being conducted to deeply understand how we can maximize fitness to help heal instead of causing more harm? Exercise has long been known to have mental health benefits, but approaching fitness from a trauma-informed lens means understanding how to use fitness to regulate a disrupted nervous system, how to use fitness to create safety within the body, and how to use the right type of exercise at the right time to create that healing and not more harm. So I've got three things for you moving forward for here, from here. Obviously, part two is coming. 
Um, but in the, the meantime, I'm putting a link to my organic fitness journey, which I will talk about more in part two. So organic fitness is the fitness methodology I have used, and it combines the things I've talked about in this episode with the things I talked about in the previous episode with the gender data gap and maximizing workouts for a female body. So if you do like this and you want to know more about that, I'll put that link in the show notes for the organic fitness blueprint and my free masterclass on that. My podcast recording thing cut me off there. <laughs> um, organic fitness blueprint and free webinar is what I think you last heard. So yes, you can check those out. And please join the Kick-Ass Life Project Mighty Network, also free, because I have a group in there specifically for trauma-informed tidbit talk. Now, at the time of this podcast episode release, my network is really new. So I encourage you, get in there now while it's new, while we're still a small, intimate group, and join the conversation. And finally, I will be putting together some workshops on creating trauma-informed fitness practices. Now, I'm going to put a link in the show notes when I have it, but if you don't see it there right away, make sure you are connected to me via the socials, or I encourage you again into the, the KLP Mighty Network so that you get notified when those workshops are ready. FUK is really about breaking the rules. FUK, or sorry, breaking the rules is is the third secret of the Little Black Book of Kick-Ass Life Secrets, which you will find in the Sassy, Sexy, Strong Journey, free journey inside the KLB Mighty Network. I know I keep stressing this stuff, but there's so much free stuff in there, and there are more trauma-informed tidbits in that journey. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and do that. Um, where did I get off on that? Oh, right, the, the FUK is about breaking the rules. It's about asking questions about things looking at things with fresh eyes, re-examining so that you can decide what is best for you. So those are my three ways, the organic fitness, the KLP Mighty Network, and getting involved with the trauma-informed fitness practice workshops when those come out. Getting into the Sassy Sexy Strong journey, I hope there's been some things in here that have been helpful for you. If you are thinking, yep, this has been really great for me, like, subscribe, follow. If you know somebody that this stuff could be useful for, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is making so much sense and people need to know about this, please share. This is, podcasts are free. The information is supposed to be out there for sharing. Now, this has been some heavy stuff. And I skimmed over the nervous system stuff because it is such a big topic that's going to need like a billion episodes of its own. But this trauma abuse stuff, it may have affected your nervous system. So maybe you felt a little bit unsettled, maybe a little anxious, maybe even tired. Now, if not, all good. But if yes, take some time for self-care. 30 second ideas would be getting some fresh air breaths or looking around and finding something beautiful to look at and just study. Maybe later or even right now, 30-minute ideas, go for a walk, take a bath. At the end of every podcast, you guys hear me use a specific phrase. And in official terms, a phrase like this is called a coping mantra. I'm telling you this because you might want to use one right now. Now, a coping mantra, official definitions, 
These are personalized strength-based declarations about your resiliency and they shift your attention and help you cope with difficult emotions. Is this sounding like it might be a useful thing right now? Hmm. Coping thoughts can help you think and feel differently about triggering or upsetting situations. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes, lots of links all the time. Um, this is actually a, like a bigger worksheet thing, but within that worksheet, there are some ideas, some suggestions for coping mantras. I really encourage you to have a coping mantra, but make it your own. Personalize it, customize it, like use a suggestion as a starting place if you need to, but then make it yours because really they work when they're yours. So again, I'll put a link to that, but until then, if you need one right now, you can borrow mine and use it right now if you need it. You're still on. Keep riding.